Hey y'all, welcome back to the Lip Bay Podcast. I'm your host, Kerwin. This episode is dedicated to KJ Brooks. Uh, Her viral video went viral when she read the entire board of police commissioners in Kansas City um, a few months back. She is a Black activist from Kansas City. I believe she's from Kansas City. Uh, Please give her a follow on Instagram. That is kjg.brks on Instagram. Um, She also has her cash app listed if you want to pay her for her work. Um, Activism is not work that pays particularly well. So whatever you can do to help her out, please do that. Um, She also has her tree links listed in her Insta bio. So if you want to become a Patreon for her, that's also an option. And you can also just like see the work that she's done as well and continues to do. So definitely keep track of her track record, keep track of her work. Um, And then she also did an interview with Kimberly Foster from at For Harriet. Um, I went ahead and linked that YouTube video in the description of my episode details because it was a very good interview. It opened my eyes and put some more things on my radar. Um, and I highly recommend that everybody watch this interview and I know things are going to resonate for you. And also feel free to share because I feel like a lot more people need to see this interview particularly. Also, if you don't follow at for Harriet, you should be doing that on Instagram or if you're really big in the YouTube space, go ahead and follow for Harriet. Um, Kimberly Foster is the creator of for Harriet. She's been doing this thing for a really long time. Please support her as well. Check her out on Instagram and YouTube channel. Oh, and her YouTube channel <laughs> at for Harriet. So also, I found another Instagram account that you guys should consider following. And by consider, please do. It is at Fuel the People. So a direct quote from their Instagram, fueling fueling protesters with meals from local Black and POC chefs and restaurants. They also have their Venmo um, out there for you to donate. If you are not in the D.C. area, so that is Fuel the People, F-U-E-L-T-H-E-P-E-O-P-L-E. And the donations are going towards providing water, hot meals, face masks, hand sanitizers, and hand warmers to the housing and secure communities in D.C. Um, I I also shared a post on my Instagram by San the Activist. And I tagged all the accounts and and organizers in D.C. that were in that post, in Cyan the Activist post. So uh, you just can go to my Instagram and find that. I am at litbaypod, L-I-T-B-A-E-P-O-D. I have the post up already and you guys can go ahead and follow those accounts, see what they're doing. Um, I tag the accounts in the thing for you so that you don't have to go and find them. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, so please, if you are able, open your purse. If you have the time and you feel like you wanna do some stuff in person, see how you can get involved, but please stay informed. Um, I know there's a lot of panic, hysteria, there's a lot of anger, a lot of emotions happening right now, a lot of turmoil. Make sure that the stuff that you are posting is fact-checked information. Let's keep it real, real accurate out here in these streets. And then also please provide a trigger warning for any graphic and violent content online so that people have a minute to get ready before they just 
see what's going on in that post. Um, and next up, I also want to talk about Georgia just for a second. Congratulations to Raphael Warnock, John Ossoff, and Stacey Abrams. Now the real work can begin. I know uh, today is January 7, 2021. Yesterday, January 20, January 6, 2021. Um, this was a really great day for Georgia, but it was kind of overshadowed by white supremacy and bigotry um, and just a, a real clear photo, a real clear image for you of white privilege at work. So um, it's, it's, it's been a day, it's been a day, it's been a day. <laughs> Also, if you need a break from social media, please take it. Um, to all my Black people, to all my POCs, please take this time to treat yourself well, do some things, decompress. A lot is going on. Um, so do things that, you know, bring you joy. I know it's, sometimes it's hard to focus on that when so much is going on in the world. But we are experiencing a time of great change, and great change is going to be uncomfortable unfortunately so let's also prioritize our self-care and our mental health at this time as well now a word from a sponsor the word of the day is prolixity which is a tendency to speak or write at great or medium well medium lengths okay i made a boo-boo hold on i'm ready now the word of the day is prolixity which is a tendency to speak or write at great or tedious lengths. Our professor of African-American studies had a prolixity for speaking on performative allyship and in the way in which social media platforms participate in racial bias and the oppression of black and brown people. Today, we are talking about Ties That Tether by Jane Egaro. Ties That Tether follow a Nigerian and Canadian woman named Azede. She moved to Canada at 12 from Nigeria. Her father passed away, but before he passes away, he made her promise him that she would marry a Nigerian man and keep her Nigerian roots strong. So Azede's mom is determined to get Azede married to a successful Nigerian man, and she sets Azede up on hella dates. After a particularly bad date, Azede is approached by Raphael at a bar, and the chemistry is there, and they end up having a one-night stand. A month passes by, and one day while Zeddy is at work, she finds out that she has a new co-worker, and it's Raphael. The sparks are flying, but Zeddy is in denial about it. She's only supposed to be dating and giving her attention to Nigerian men. So before we get into the conflict here, I am going to kind of talk about the characters a little bit so you can kind of get to know them so things start to kind of make a little bit more sense, but you know, yeah. So Azede is the oldest of two children. She's successful, she works in advertising, she's obedient, uh, she's in denial about Raphael because of the promise she made to her father, or in denial of her feelings for Raphael, I should say. And then Raphael is fine. Um, he's considered white, but he's also a Spaniard. Uh, never stop thinking about the night with Azede. Uh, actively listens to Azede and engages with her when she talks about her childhood in Nigeria and her family. 
has a cute dog named Milo, and he also has a big secret that he's keeping from Azette. Efe is Azette's younger sister. She is the master of finesse. Now I call Efe the master of finesse because her mom doesn't really worry about her getting married because she keeps a male friend around that passes for a potential love interest, but she's actually not interested in him. So queen of finesse. Oh, I like that better than master of finesse. Queen of finesse. She's in law school and wants to be a lawyer by 30. And now we have Elijah, who is also very fine. Um, he is Nigerian. He's a doctor. He is the guy that took Azede's virginity at Jesus camp, which is uh, very bold. And the first man to break her heart after the, after the sex, he just kind of took off, which was very disappointing. Um, and he was the first guy that Azede ever dated. And now that they're both older, he is determined to change Azede's mind about him because he is no longer a boy. He is now a man. Christina is Azede's co-worker, best friend. She is Nigerian and Italian, and she's always encouraging Azede to date for herself and take control of her dating narrative. Now, the con there's a couple conflicts here. We find out that Azede is pregnant with Raphael's baby after the one night stand. And she's scared to tell Raphael because she doesn't know how to tell him about this baby. They haven't known each other very long either. And she's also scared that her mom will disown her for having premarital sex. She doesn't know about church camp, obviously. And also for not ending up with a Nigerian man and breaking that promise to her father. So we see Azede struggling with two cultures. And, you know, she's been exposed to Canadian culture and she's been trying to keep a strong grasp on her Nigerian roots at the same time. This way of thinking obviously affects her and her unborn child. How is she going to be able to tie the two cultures together? Having a baby who is both Nigerian and Spanish, is there a way to blend the cultures together or will they, you know, will one end up overpowering the other? So I like that they kind of went into Azete's, um, her struggles as when she first moved to Canada from Nigeria and like going to school. So some of the differences, some of the some of the things that she went through. She said in Nigeria, she established a clear idea of herself and all of that changed when she moved to Canada. Her first, it was her first time going to school with white children. She still wore dashikis and sandals while the other kids wore jeans and a tee. They spoke fast and had all this slang that she wasn't familiar with yet. She brought yams pottage to school while her classmates had turkey sandwiches. Kids were very cruel. Kids are very cruel. And the only way to and the only way she felt that she could stop the cruelty and the the bullying was to conform and to assimilate. So a direct quote from the book, my mother didn't understand the struggle of trying to reconcile my heritage with my new environment at such a young age, which speaks volumes. Um, so she just feels like she compromised and she lost a part of her identity in moving to Toronto from Nigeria. Nigeria. Yes, Nigeria. And she had to make room for two distinct worlds. Now, I'm going to stop here because I want y'all to read this book. I hope I got y'all real excited. Um, I went into this book pretty much blindly. I didn't really know what it was about. 
The cover did it for me specifically. This cover is gorgeous. It's colorful. It has this beautiful black woman on it. She has her sunglasses. She got her shades on. She got her braids, just luscious braids, luscious long braids, just flowing. She looks amazing. She looks, you know, moisturized, hydrated. She looks like she minds her own business. You know what I'm saying? So I, for me, it was the cover art. Um, so I came for the cover art, but I stayed for the story. And I'm really glad that I stayed for the story. I devoured this book, y'all, in like two days. It's, it's, it's quite an easy read um, if you don't, you know, <laughs> do much during quarantine like me. I pretty much read all the time now. So I finished it in two days, but it is 300 pages. It's a really quick read. I hated to put it down, you know, to do things like sleep. You know, I hated it. But I finished the book and I loved it. I enjoyed reading it. Very relatable. And I love I love seeing Azetta go through her through her processes. Cause I could kind of relate to, to a lot of her processes. Um, I also just love like the theme of interracial dating in here and also like blending families together. But but you know, when you cause Azete is Nigerian, Raphael is Spanish. So like the two families coming together and the two families, you know, putting, giving unsolicited advice and that kind of thing was very, you know, boundaries. Yes. So yeah, so it was, it was very good. I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was, you know, sweet. It is a romantic content. Oh, wait, no, it is a contemporary romance, not a romance contemporary, but you know, whatever, whatever works for you. Moving on to our music segment, Kid Cudi came out with new music. I had no idea that he was coming out with new music and right at the end of 2020, just good for him. So Kid Cudi, he came out with Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen. My jams so far are Another Day, She Knows This, Damaged, Show Out, Loving Me. I'm still sitting with the album because it is rather new. It came out December 11, 2020, has 18 songs. It's 58 minutes and 24 seconds. So yeah, get into it if you're a Kid Cudi fan and did not know that he released music. He did, and so far I'm, I'm, I'm really liking the album. So yes, yes. Up next, we have Clap Clap, Clap Clap. Um, with their album, A Thousand Skies. It came out February 17th. 2017 it is 15 songs 42 minutes and 21 seconds um i've been just revisiting this album quite a bit uh the last few weeks because it's a great album uh most of it most of the music is like instrumental um it's you know there's not a lot of words so it's really great for work because i can just kind of put it on and be in the zone and work yeah the entire album to me is really great from beginning to end so check it out. It might be your vibe, might not be your vibe. Next up, I found, oh, who is this? Okay, it's Alcera, Alcera, and the Nubatones. Uh, the album Silt, S-I-L-T, came out in 2014. It is 11 songs and 47 minutes and five seconds. Um, I, how did I find... Hold on, how did I find this album? So I found this album through an artist called Safian. I'm gonna spell it because I'm sure that's not how you say it. It is S-U-F, 
YVN. I've been listening to this song by them called Ascension and they have an EP called Ascension, which I really enjoy also. So you should definitely check that out as well. For the most part, I don't believe there are any words on this project, but it came out March 2nd, 2017. It is five songs, 15 minutes and 14 seconds. Um, in addition to Ascension, I really like the song Dust, which is the first uh, song off the project. So definitely recommend you guys check that workout as well. And also I found another really great artist called Somi, S-O-M-I, with her album Petite Afrique. 14, it's 14 songs, it's 15, 52 minutes and 56 seconds. It came out March 31st, 2017. And one of my jams is called Holy Room. Um, I put it on my, my yoga meditation playlist. It's a really great song. The entire album is very good. So I highly recommend listening to her album and give her your streams because this woman can sing. She is a musician, okay? She is an experience, if you will. So yes, Somi, check her out. Moving on to our TV and movie segment, y'all. So I have been watching, I feel like I've been watching a lot of like action, a lot of violence on TV lately, a lot of really like intense content. So um, I'll just tell you about it, but I'm not gonna, if you don't check these out, that's fine. I totally get it. It's kind of like stressful to watch. Um, so yeah, I was scrolling on Hulu and I saw this movie called The Assassination Squad. Now I remember seeing previews for this movie, but I didn't know what it was about. But I was like, oh, like it looks like it's shot really beautifully and it, like very aesthetically pleasing and I do wanna see it. But I didn't really hear much about the movie afterwards and then I saw that it was on Hulu. So I was like, let me watch this. Let me watch this and see what's going on. So basically The Assassination Squad is, a, is about a small town that gets hacked and a lot of unfortunate things get leaked and it exposes a lot of people and they blame this one girl and like three of her friends. Um, what I will say is this movie is very graphic. It is very intense. Um, there is a trigger warning like built into the movie um, that's telling you like all of the things that will, you will see when you watch it, which I was very grateful for. Um, so there are themes of suicide, drugs, alcohol, emotional abuse, violence against women, transphobia, homophobia, um, and most of this is relating to high school students. So if that's not your thing, do not feel a way about not watching it. Um, I kind of wish that I had um, kind of went inward a little bit and just been like, hey, maybe this is too much for me specifically. And I also thought about not even bringing this up on my podcast, but I was like, I put myself through like, what an hour and a half two hours of like violence so i'm gonna i'm gonna say it uh what i will say is that it is aesthetically pleasing to watch but it is not an easy thing to watch so if you're interested if you're still interested or if you're intrigued do it but if not i understand i understand um also another intense thing that i watched was the hack which talks about our data and privacy when it comes to our online activity, how data companies use data and target us with ads and the role it plays in our elections as well. I think that this documentary is a really great discussion piece to have with family and friends and also just a good way to kind of gauge like your social media presence, your social media activity um, and just kind of, you know, look inward and just kind of be like, OK, well, like 
what little things can I do to be on social media less or whatever? Or how can I manage my social media? If those are things that are on your mind, if not, no worries. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I think to kind of come down from those two movies, I also watched Gemini Man by Will Smith. That's also on Hulu. Um, I mean, it was it was like an action movie. So, but you know, but it wasn't like super bloody. It wasn't like, super, I mean, it, I guess it was violent because it's fighting, but it was not violent like the Assassination Squad. I will tell you that. So yeah, Gemini Man was like, a lot of people were saying that like Gemini Man like wasn't good and like I'm not saying it's the best Will Smith movie in my opinion like let me see what are my top three Will Smith movies I think my top three in no particular order my top three Will Smith movies I Am Legend is probably number one that one does get a number because I Am Legend he did that and he was like the only actor in that movie and he killed it okay killed killed it um what other movie oh I Robot was very good too and you know i robot where he he had like this beginning oh wait or was that an i am legend <gasps> i don't know well i feel like back in the day will smith was always shirtless because you know he got he has a very good body so uh let's let's not talk about, oh okay moving on but yeah so i really like i am legend i like i robot <sighs> what is what would i say would be like my Oh man, I mean, I don't know that this movie particularly ages well, but I feel like he had a good time filming the movie, which is very apparent. I really enjoyed the movie Hitch. Um, when I watch it back now as an adult, it is very cringy. It is very, very cringy. So, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it at one point when I didn't really know what love was. <laughs> yeah, so that was really good. And then I also watched this movie on... Hulu called The Binge and I only watched it because this one particular actor was in it and he was also in the movie Booksmart and if you haven't seen the movie Booksmart what you doing so yeah but The Binge is about these high schoolers that are about to go to college um they have this ritual in the town I think that everybody like goes on a binge of like alcohol and drugs and either really epic things happened or really crazy things happen or really wild things happen, I should say. Um, who was that? Oh yeah, but I I only watched it for Eduardo Franco, Franco, Franco. Um, I think he is so fine. He was also in Booksmart. Um, he has this long, luscious hair. Um, the movie was a little wild and it's definitely not usually a movie that I would go to myself. Like. I usually don't watch movies that are like crazy like this. It, it can kind of be compared to like the American Pie movies without so much sex, I would say. But like, you know, it's just very, very much so like that silly comedy. So yeah. And then it also has the boy, his name, what is his name? Skylar Gisondo. That's the dude that was in that, uh, what was that movie? The Social Dilemma. He, that was that dude. So it was, I guess it was interesting to see him play like a a funny role as to not such a dramatic role but I thought he did a great job at either in both projects Vince Vaughn was in it so I was like okay I guess and then I've never heard of this actor before but I thought he did a very good job I thought he was very funny his name was Dexter Darden I thought he did a phenomenal job as well also very handsome so I was watching it for the handsome men in this movie thank you 
but yeah so yeah that's those are the kind of things that i watched to kind of come down from my intense movie watching and uh yeah so now moving forward I am going to be a lot more mindful of the content that I consume. And when I feel like things are maybe a little a little too much for me or I need to take a break, I'm just going to pause it or turn the TV off because I need to listen to myself and be gentle with myself and protect my peace at all by any means necessary. This is the end of our first episode of 2021, our January episode. Thank you so much for joining me again. Please stay safe. Um, thank you for listening and I'll see you in February with another discussion.